This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. All right. Hey, everybody. My name is Brent. You're listening to the LJS Podcast. This is episode number 13 now, and we're talking today about the art of playing duo. And joining me back on the show today is a uh, very special guest, Wallace Stelzer, bassist Wallace Stelzer, a good friend of mine, and, and also a guy I happen to play a lot of duo with. And so today we're going to be talking just a lot about the benefits of playing duo, uh, why you should be playing duo, how it can actually really challenge your jazz playing in very unique ways. And also some tips on how to do that and some suggested duo recordings to listen to. Uh, A lot of great stuff coming up. But before we do that, I just want to say all the music on today's show is by our guest, Wallace Stelzer. Uh, It's from his band, International Pat Down. Uh, Their record is called First Flight. If you like the music on the show today, you want to buy the album, just go on over to cdbaby.com and look up International Pat Down First Flight. You can buy the album there. Also, just quickly to plug, Wallace Stelzer's YouTube channel he just came out with. It's got bass lessons, uh, music tip lessons, all kinds of great stuff there. That's Wallace Stelzer Music. Go there on YouTube. And one last thing here. If you get value out of today's show, consider adding value back. This podcast is 100% funded and supported by listeners just like you. So if you happen to really get something out of today or if you've been getting stuff out of other shows, we would really appreciate uh, your support. If you're on the website right now, you can go to the support button below the player uh, and leave us a one-time or monthly donation. And if you're not on the website, you can go to learnjazzstandards.com support and help us out there. Okay, now, without further ado, let's go on and into our show, and let's get on Wallace Stelzer and join in on our talk. All right, we got back on the show Wallace Stelzer. Wallace, what's up, man? Thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. So we're talking about duos today, which we know a lot about, right? I mean, we've played a lot of duo gigs. Uh, how many how many hours of duo do you think we've logged together? Holy moly. Well, you got to figure three hours every week minimum for right. three years. Right. So. Yeah, because we do we do have a duo gig. We play it's a it's a brunch gig. We play every Saturday. And we've been playing yeah, we've been playing for that for three years. That's a three hour gig. That's just that gig alone because Yeah, right. Because I mean we play a lot of other gigs too, like I mean casuals and, and private parties and I mean other I mean other gigs, you know, duo. So, uh, I, I mean, I feel like we have something to say about all this. <laughs> Indeed. Well, in fact, actually, I, I want to say that uh, probably in the last year or so, uh, at least, 
the majority of the gigs that I've been playing have been duos. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Is it because uh, is it because places can't afford more than that, or the budget? What is it? <laughs> it might be. I'm I'm not sure. It might be uh, might be budget related. It, it might just be uh, <laughs> we have some uh, the the booking agents, I guess, or the the musicians in charge of managing the events are just uh, crunched for time, so they only have time to call one person. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Either way, I really like playing duo. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, one thing I will say though is I've from playing duos, I mean, for for years now, it's obviously it's not just with you. Uh I've I've learned like so much about music and jazz cuz I feel like it offers like uh you know, we could talk about trios, we could talk about quartets. Uh we could even talk about playing solo and each each kind of uh sit- musical situation offers something you know, completely different than than the other, and there's different things you can learn from those situations. But I find that that duo really kind of challenges you in very unique ways. I don't know if you would agree with me on that. Yeah, well, I think it it pretty much playing duo highlights your fundamental, like your core skills more so yeah, than, yeah, than there, any other that's style. It. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, right. So, so you know, I'm a guitar player. Wallace is a bass player. Um, you know, we're not just talking today, though, about you know this particular situation playing as a duo, as a you know, in my case, in a like a chordal accompaniment instrument, guitar or or a piano even, and, and then a bass. Like, I mean, we're basically talking about how duo can help you in you know, no matter what situation it is, whether it be an ordinary situation like our situation, or maybe something a little different like. Uh, maybe two bases playing together like duo. Yeah, in uh, fact, actually, I've done that before. I think yeah? uh, for bass players specifically, it's a really actually that's a really cool thing to do because most of the time, you know, when you're when you're the bass player, you don't normally have another bass player playing for you, and it's a it's definitely a cool experience to go. Oh, this is what it's like for everybody else. Like when they're, you know, right. When you're soloing, there's well, somebody th- providing a baseline for you. Wow, that's so so nice. Well, I mean, yeah. it makes you think differently. I mean, I think yeah. that's a that's yeah. a big part of what we're going to be talking about today. But let's let's start let's start at the basics, okay? So all of you who are like, why am I even listening <laughs> to this episode right now about playing a duo? Why don't I just go do it? Well, or or not do it at all. Let me just tell you. Let's let's go over some reasons like why jazz music should be playing duo and I say should as in I really hope you do it because <laughs> it, it really really can teach you a lot of things don't get stuck in one musical situation if you're in a trio if you're in a quartet or if you like playing along to play alongs which I I hope you don't do live too often uh, you know this is going to bring you in a different direction. So kind of the first thing, and you can add on to any of my points, Wallace, like mm-hmm. as I'm talking, the first thing I would say that playing in a duo will teach you is focused interaction. And what I mean by focused interaction is it's going to cause you to listen really hard to the other person you're playing with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, if you're not listening to the other person, then you playing duo you're not really playing duo yeah <laughs> right you're not really playing at all but i mean it definitely it's going to be obvious that you're not paying attention in a duo setting right yeah because because you have only one other person you're listening to i mean there's no there's no one else to fall back on per se i mean it's you and it's the other person and if you're not tuned together 
something's probably gonna fall apart and we've 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 experienced that before like Mm -hmm. you know if we're not listening to each other you know things just aren't gonna work out in this absolutely i mean when we know we have this uh this duo brunch gig and so obviously it's a it's a public thing that happens every week and every once in a while uh somebody you know somebody will come up and try and talk to us while we're playing or something which (laughs) you know please don't don't do that it's not you know wait till we take uh, you know finish the song or something to to approach a musician but anyways the point is that there have been times where somebody comes up and starts talking to you while you're you know while you're playing and uh, man it it takes away a lot of your focus obviously to try and talk while you're playing but when you're playing in a, bar- a large band, you know, then if you lose a little bit of focus, then it's not that huge a deal. You have some other people, you know, that can kind of carry you and pick up your slack a bit. But when it's duo, it's like, oh, man, if you uh, if you kind of split your focus on something else and all of a sudden, you you know, your tempo starts dragging or you start, you go to the wrong chord at the wrong time or something, yeah. holy moly, it's, yeah, things fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> so you definitely have to maintain uh, focus you know, much more so than a, in a trio or, a lar- or, you know, an even larger band. Right, right. And, and you have to listen for what the other instrumentalist or or vocalist, you know, is is doing. They might go in a direction different from what the direction you're going in, and you have to be able to follow that. And that's in any band situation. But it especially... It, I, I, I want to say that playing in a duo, like, almost hyper-intensifies all these things you need to be aware of in a in a bigger group situation um yeah absolutely because it it is narrowed like that you've really got to be uh on top of it you know you can't just be playing what you want to play you've really got to make sure that you're in agreement because it's going to be that much more apparent right yeah Uh, you know when you play with other people yeah it's harder to kind of make sure that you're all on the same page but you know it doesn't matter quite as much Right. There's a little more flexibility to have some disagreement without it actually sounding bad. But man, when you're just playing with one other person, you know, it makes a pretty. It can make a pretty significant yeah. difference if, yeah. you know, if one person plays, let's say, like a heavily altered chord, and the other guy just plays, you know, a pretty standard, mm-hmm. unaltered, normal chord. You know, right. It's going to sound funny. There's going to be a, a disagreement that you notice that if it was a larger ensemble, you wouldn't necessarily recognize right which kind of which kind of brings me you know in a way to like the next like i would say the second reason why jazz musicians should play duo and that is it forces you to take on more responsibility you know we've touched on it but for for example um let's just say um this particular duo we're talking about doesn't have a drummer involved okay uh well actually let's just take it it's in our our particular case okay it's guitar and bass there's no drummer, so now we don't have a drummer to rely on, which means that we both have the responsibility, even more than we did before, yeah, to keep the time. Absolutely, you well, know, and it becomes apparent. And it, I honestly, I think that in music in general, whenever you're playing with another musician, then you're all splitting the time, the responsibility of of keeping the time equally. You yeah. know, every single person in the band is actually. Uh, at least on a on a theoretical level, should be equally responsible yeah. for maintaining the time, keeping the tempo. Yeah. Uh, but when you're playing with a, uh, only one other person in a duo setting, it becomes so much more, uh, you know, uh, obvious. You're held you accountable know? to it's, it. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly. held accountable you to it. Yeah, you can't just uh, you know uh, 
coast. You know, you, you can't. You can't. Co- yeah, the, you, you, that's that's perfect. It, it, you can't coast. <laughs> you can't. You can't be lazy on the gig. Yeah. Not a, not on not in a duo. No. Nope. Yeah. Um, well, and also like for example, if it's maybe uh, sax and and drums, and maybe you're not playing free or anything you're actually playing a, a, maybe a jazz standard or or sax and or trumpet you know whatever horn instrument and bass or singer and bass there's no piano there's no guitar there's no chordal accompaniment instrument it's your responsibility to make sure that the audience and the fellow musician is you know hearing the harmony of the song that you're playing right you know right so and like as part of that uh the form as well you know the for- and the form as well so you can't rely on the piano player to lay out the chords for you so that you you know where you are in the form and that you can hear the harmony it's up to you The other thing that I th- I think a good reason that all jazz musicians should be you know playing duo is uh, is it helps you know it makes sure that you know the music that you're playing uh, you know sometimes yeah. like Wallace sometimes <laughs> you'll call a song on the gig you'll be like oh can you play this song and I'm like yeah, yeah you know yeah. <laughs> I'm like well you know if if this was like uh, a quartet gig or even a trio gig where like you know a trio gig where there was like a horn player maybe someone else playing the melody yeah you know I totally. could do that because I've been forced to play that on other gigs but I just never really sat down and really tried to figure out all of the entirety of that song um, which I would say means you don't actually know the song right so therefore yeah. I would. I'm not really able to play that song no, with absolutely. you successfully. I'm going to end up looking like a fool at some point. You no, know? there have been many times where I, in a duo situation where I've said, you know, somebody will call a song and, and I'll say, well, you know, I I can't play that in a duo setting right, right now. You know, I, if this was a larger group, then yeah, it would be okay because I'd be able to, you know, I'd be able to hear the, the chords and everything, but it's just bass and, and uh, you know, trumpet or something like that. And it's... Yeah, it's kind of like, well, you know what? If I don't really remember two bars of the form, yeah. you know, it, that's going to be an important two yeah. bars if there's yeah. nobody else to help you kind of refresh your memory. So even if you do know a tune, but it's just, say, been a long time since you've played it, uh, you know, if you're not playing with somebody else who really knows the tune and is a chordal instrument, mm-hmm. man, you just, you, you probably shouldn't do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know? So even exactly. if you know, you know, so that's one of those things, even if you know the tune, you've, you've got to make sure that you know it and it's fresh and it's fresh yeah it yeah and that that's just something that i mean throughout my time playing in duos i it's come across a lot where it's like oh i never thought about the fact that i actually can't really play this song because yeah, yeah. i've definitely played this song on other gigs with other people but that's because you know and, and usually in my case it was because the responsibility of the melody wasn't mine you know what i mean right and that, so I knew the chord changes to it, and as an accompanist, I could accompany that person because because I know the chord changes. But I I can't play the melody. And for for uh, you know others of you, depending on what instrument you play, you know it's 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 the same thing, just a, di- a different different idea, a different concept, maybe. Um, I mean, so th- those are some reasons why playing duo can be incredibly helpful. Um, uh, just for a practicing sake, not even talking about gigs or yeah, anything. No, no, definitely. You should practice playing duo, actually. Uh, 
Well, yeah, I've actually had many teachers tell me that, uh, including when I was studying with uh, John Patitucci. He was yeah. actually that was one of the actually was one of the first things he said. He was like, you know, have you ever uh, played duo, you know, with just like one other guy and you know, one other bass player even? And I was like, well, you know, a little bit, but uh, no, not too much. He's like, well, you should try it. It's uh, it's good practice. Yeah. Um, and during my my uh, college years, you know, I actually would pretty regularly practice uh, with one other bass player friend of mine and even if we were just doing exercises basic exercises yeah. together and sometimes we would play you know like the two part Bach uh, in, you know whatever those those the violin sonatas I don't know or what they are but then are those inventions right that's what they're called okay. the, the two part two part Bach inventions but anyways we would just play it would be another bass player and I we would practice together and man, even that would help. And that wasn't even necessarily playing through songs in a in a duo setting. But um, yeah, I think it can really help. It really helps, kind of one that you have another person listening to you, yeah, and that you're listening to somebody else, so that there's kind of this real world focus aspect to it. As you know, when you're in the practice room by yourself, I feel like you can kind of uh, you can hyper focus. Sometimes you can zone out, and you don't necessarily notice sometimes when when it's happening. Uh, but when you have somebody else uh, watching you, uh, yeah, then it's you usually kind of tune in just sort of on the subconscious level to the fact that oh, there's another person here. Yeah. I've got to be more self-aware. Yeah, and that helps because when you're playing in front of people, you know, you need that. You need to be able to uh, be conscious of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on from there, we've already talked about some different kinds of duos, but I kind of want to focus on that for a second. Um, because when we're talking about playing duo, you know, we already talked about the doing it as a practice. It's not necessarily for gigs, but for a practice. And so in that same spirit, um, I think it's important to realize the different kinds of duos. It could be a duo like ours that we perform with that is kind of traditional, you know, guitar and bass. That's nothing new. Piano and bass. That's nothing new. Um, but what is new would be something like, um, sac- well, you know, again, fill in your instrument that you play, but let's say a horn player, saxophone and drums, you right. know, um, right. I mean, I, I personally, I've played with just drums before. Uh, and yeah, that's great, too. It's, it's a great practice. That's really good Because practice. in this case, we're, for me, I'm taking out the bass. I'm yeah. taking out the bass. So now, you know, and the drum, for the, ba- the drummer, too, the, the, the bass is gone. You know, the, that kind of glue that's kind of gluing everything together, now that's not there. So that also creates a different way for me to respond. Now I'm listening to the drummer even more intently than I was if there was another instrumentalist playing. You know, I'm listening to, you know, what kind of rhythms he's playing. You know, how is he swinging? How is he not swinging? You know, I'm listening to all of these different things. At the same time, again, if I'm not just playing free, um, which is a great practice. Uh, We had a recent episode with Josiah Bornasian talking about how playing free can be great for your playing. But if we're not playing free, we're playing in the context of, of a standard, I'm having to think even harder about where's the form going where am i in the song the melody you know the mood you know because there's no bass i mean well, right well and if you're just playing duo with a drummer that, i mean that's great practice for any instrumentalist because you have 100 percent of the harmonic responsibility yeah the drums can't you know they well yeah they have specific tones that they tune their drums to but you know let's be realistic they don't have a harmonic responsibility uh like other instrumentalists do and so that can be great practice. You know? Yeah. It's, it's particularly, you know, 
I've really only played a few times that have been just bass and, and drums uh, for you know an entire song, and it's definitely an, an interesting experience to, because you know the bass. When you think about how does the bass uh, you know show the harmony, how do we exercise harmonic uh, choices? Usually, it's by playing one you know single notes in a like a linear progression, like a bass line. And versus, let's say, uh, even a, a horn player, where they're they're going to play single night, uh, single note progressions. Yeah. Even they have a little bit more of a, more sort of options to choose from because they can sustain more. Yeah. Right? The bass has a very little sustain. Right. When compared to you know most other instruments. But the yeah. and it's just the fact that you're having to think about that. Right, that yeah. is pushing your musicality to a new level Absolutely. that you wouldn't normally have to do. And is that going to help you when you play in your trio, your quartet, or or whatever it may be, or at a jam session? Yes, yeah, Absolutely. it's gonna it's yeah. gonna help you undoubtedly because undoubtedly. it's gonna push you to a different. I mean, you know, it's gonna open your mind to a different way of playing. And if and if you're in a situation that may let's call quote unquote abnormal, like like we just described, bass and uh, drums, or maybe even bass and bass playing with each other or maybe even saxophone and saxophone or saxophone and trumpet or any you know two horn players playing together um two singers singing together you know it if it feels uncomfortable for you if you feel like what do i do i don't know what to do that's a good thing yeah that means you're you're learning and if you keep doing that and figuring out how to do that and Asking yourself, what are the missing parts of the puzzle that I need to fill in? Totally. You're going to grow exponentially from doing that. Um, and and just here, here's one for the singers really quick. And, and also for the, the person on the other end. Um, I'm particularly thinking about um, singers playing with bassists. You know, um, I think that is a great thing for uh, the bassist to do, I'm assuming, and also the yeah, singer for sure. Um, because for I think on the on the singer's side, you know, you don't have a, a chordal instrument laying out the harmony for you, which means you have to hear the harmony. Yeah. Which means you have to hear the melody. Which means you have to hear the key. You have to hear all that stuff. Um, and you know, there, there's a singer I'm thinking of that I've played with that I know she does a lot of gigs with just uh, a bass player. And, and and to be honest, she's one of the few singers I know that can actually do that. Right. Well, because like the, that's kind of a specific a skill that you develop, which is yeah. learning to sing a line over just a bass note. For bass players, that comes pretty easy. Honestly, you're used to thinking of chords from that you know bottom yeah. note. Right? Yeah. And, and I don't mean just the root. I mean the the kind of more technical meaning of the of the word bass note, meaning the the lowest sounding tone of yeah. you know the chord at that given point right yeah so i mean pu- putting yourself in these different duo situations as like as we as we're talking about actually can make you think like a different instrumentalist you know yeah, it can make totally. you think w- which you know has e- each instrument has its uh things that they naturally uh that it naturally uh, uh what's the word for it you know it, it lends itself to certain aspects more than others, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that that's one thing, you know. And also one last duo uh, is chordal instruments playing together, like duo piano. Right. You know, if you never try, if you're a piano player, you never try playing with another piano player. Um, I would highly recommend doing that because it's going to have 
it's going to force you to not play the way you normally play. Right. Uh, you know, you're not going to just be able to play all of your block chords everywhere while the other piano player is doing the exact same thing. No, you have to listen. Yeah, well, and I think that when you have two chordal instruments playing at the same time, right? And this doesn't even actually have to be a duo. This can be in, like, let's say, a larger like a sextet yeah, or a yeah. septet or something yeah. where you have guitar and piano. But anytime that you have two chordal instruments playing together, uh, yeah, you definitely need to practice that, become, uh, get aware, you know, become aware of what the other chordal instrument is doing because, you know, piano players in particular, I think, when they when they're not necessarily familiar with playing with another chordal instrument, it's it's actually pretty apparent when they when they are, ha- are not very experienced in that because you notice that all their left hand stuff is is unchanged, is totally the same as if they were playing with just by themselves, which is to say it's it's probably going to be mm-hmm. busier, it's probably going to be fuller, bigger sounds. Yeah, um, you know they're going to be pretty much accompanying. Uh, themselves uh, when they solo with their left hand you know and obviously people have preferences so like it's you know people can still say hey i want you to lay out i just want to that's cool but uh man people that really have a lot of experience playing uh, with another chordal instrument man, you can tell right away they know when to use their left hand mm-hmm. uh you know and guitar or, players as well well obviously. or or how to use your left hand I, I played a duo with a piano player um so it was piano guitar and this was uh i don't know this was years ago um but i i remember this piano player hadn't really played a lot of piano guitar duos i had so i just was assuming kind of more the role of the a horn player you know i tend to do that when there's piano players around um that's my preference so uh, the piano player, though, I noticed he was comping for me as if he was comping for a band with a bass and drums, hmm. and that's not mm-hmm. what we were doing. So it was it was very awkward, you know. It was very awkward the way he was playing, and that's that's a, he needed to accompany me in a different way. Absolutely, you know. So um, you know, he was basically just kind of playing, you know, what he was used to. He was used to playing in a trio, and he was used to playing in quartets, but he wasn't used to playing in a duo. Right. And so it, it showed right away. It was just kind of like very awkward, you know, a very awkward situation where like, you know, these like very staccato-ish, you know, uh, comping patterns and stuff like that. And it was, it was very, it was very weird, but I, I think he probably realized that. And I think during the end, like by the end of the gig, you know, he kind of changed his approach a little bit. And that's what playing in a duo does. Right. It shows you like, oh, I have to do something different here. And oh, I might not actually be good at doing that and I need to get better at doing that. some quick tips uh, for playing in a duo Um, and obviously the tips will kind of vary depending on the instrument the instrumentation that we're talking about but maybe just some general tips like about playing in a duo you you got anything off the top of your head right away or Uh, yeah well I think one thing would be to remember that since there's only two people playing uh, you don't actually have to play all the time okay you know I think that's one thing that you know when you play with one other person you, you sort of think oh my gosh there's nobody else here i've got to play all the time and it's like well you know you, you could lay out for a little bit is that because it um, is it, there's this feeling of like the music sounds emptier or more naked in a way is that why people do that i think so i think it's also because they they realize that you know they kind of take on extra responsibilities right they, yeah. they, they kind of feel oh man like if i lay out then he's just by himself i'm leaving him hanging 
and so overemphasize uh, those right and responsibilities. so it's kind of like let me yeah let me overcompensate and uh, play all the time you know or play too much or you know it's like you know you can you can play less you can you don't have to play a crazy amount of uh, you know crazy volume uh, of information sometimes the best thing for you to do is to to simply take a few seconds and, and not play anything or you know yeah. to to play a longer tone yeah you know yeah obviously you know you don't want to just you don't want to leave them hanging right but you know sometimes that actually can open it up and actually give them some space to work with yeah 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 definitely and i, I think i we touched base on this in the last episode we did it was episode number five if you want to check that out um but uh i was i i actually called out you know guitar players specifically <laughs> and i said you know don't play you don't have to play chords all the time you know if mm-hmm. you're playing with a bassist for example you don't have to play chords all the time you don't yeah, have to fill absolutely. in like just play single note lines be a be a horn player you know um you know don't assume anything yeah. don't assume anything um what it comes down to um which this this would be my biggest tip and it, it's basic we've said it before a million 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 times but i i can't help but just say it again and again and that is just listen yeah just you listen gotta totally. listen i mean <laughs> totally. i mean absolutely stop listening to yourself so much listen to the other person because at the end of the day if you're serving the music it's going to sound good yeah if you're if you're if you're trying to serve yourself if you're trying to make yourself sound awesome but you forget about the other guy well guess what you're gonna sound bad you're gonna sound bad because they're not gonna be making you sound good and if you're not making them sound good the music in general won't sound good again we talked about this before it's a duo you can't cover up all the mistakes yeah and if you haven't heard this episode, the, our last episode, episode number 12, we had uh, jazz guitarist Peter Bernstein on the show. It was incredible. Uh, caught him in between touring, uh, got to sit down and talk with him. And there's a few things I really took away from that talk, but one of them was he was talking about Jim Hall. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he, he would be in a, in a class with Jim Hall back when the new school of jazz contemporary music was starting uh, back in the late 80s. And so Jim Hall was would be teaching like a combo class of sorts, and he he just said like how incredible it was when whenever Jim would be comping for anybody else, yeah, it just the music everybody would sound good, yeah, absolutely. and he, it's not that I mean, he's you know, one of the best guys in the business, he, yeah, know, he's yeah for for that specific, yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you listen to Jim Hall play ever, you know, if you're not hip to Jim Hall, you know, it doesn't matter if you're not a guitar player. I mean, if you're not hip to Jim Hall. Check him out because humble player, very humble, but groundbreaking. Yeah, I'll say this, actually. Uh, one of my bass teachers, my first jazz bass teacher, actually, uh, great bass player in, in the Houston area, Aaron Wright, she told me one time, you know, after you play a song, if, if everybody sounds really good, like if, this, if the song was really sounding great, you know, everybody was grooving, then... And and afterwards they don't say like hey you sounded really great they just say man I f- that felt wonderful like that that song felt really good you know you done you know you did your job yeah uh, you know yeah. you did something right <laughs> and honestly wh- what I've noticed I actually feel more rewarded after playing a song that somebody says you know man that was really grooving or the or just it feels great more so than if I play a really good solo mm-hmm. you know yeah. if we play a song. 
and I play a burning solo at the end of the song I'm going to go like man you know I played a really good solo and I feel pretty good about that but I'll feel even better if at the end of the song you're like you know what that felt really good right you know everything I played helped the music just bring it to that next level and right. the groove was just fantastic and the time was consistent and you know everything about it was just you know right where I want it to be I feel way better about that than when I just think you know I played a really burning solo right right no obviously if you get both well, of those yeah, things yeah, together yeah, yeah. if you get you feel amazing but you know. <laughs> I mean I was gonna say I mean I don't know I <laughs> I mean I'd like to I mean I don't know no, obviously yeah you want you want everything to, to come together yeah but uh yeah, I don't know. It's just some, something that I yeah, noticed. yeah, absolutely. I mean, and yeah, and all all the things all the things we are talking about right now, like I said, I believe are intensified when you're in a duo because um, you know we've talked about this before. Like if you're you know if I'm playing with you and maybe I start playing something that you know I will you know something that it's an idea I had in my head, but. It's something that maybe you can't follow, or maybe it doesn't make sense to what we were playing. Right. Um, and it's all of a sudden doesn't become a team effort; it becomes a me effort. Um, you know, all of a sudden it kind of falls apart a little bit. You know. It, yeah. So, so, you know, again, you can't hide your mistakes in a duo. You can't. Yeah, you definitely can't. But actually, kind of to to go off of what you were just saying, kind of take an opposite approach. Actually, when you're playing in a duo situation, you have all this extra room. Mm-hmm. To you know, kind of go off yes. and do something different. Yes. You know? On the other hand, yes. Right? Keep going. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, when you're only playing with say one or even maybe two other people, but particularly in a duo setting, you can really start to break away yes. from some of the the forms or you know strict uh, sort of conventions that you would be expected to uphold when you're playing with a larger group that you need to, right? I mean, when you're playing with a full band. You guys, you've got to be on the same page. Yeah. But when you're playing with just one other person, you know... You can take liberties. Yeah, you, there you get take liberties. If you're listening. If you're listening. Yeah, totally. But that's actually one of my favorite things about playing duo. Yeah. Is that it's like, oh, wow, I can do all these chord substitutions um, yeah. that I couldn't normally do with, you know, a, another uh, chordal instrument playing. Um. All right, let's let's talk about some duo recordings, you know, because I think that would be a, an appropriate thing to do, like name some great duo records that you should all go check out. Um, my personal favorite one, uh, which I think you told me you don't you haven't heard, but that's uh, Stan Getz and Kenny Barron. It's this record called People Time. Uh, it's so good. I think it's I think it's right before Stan Getz actually died. It might have even been the year that he died, like 1990, 91. I can't remember exactly. Um, but oh my gosh, it's so good. Uh, you got to check that out. The way they play together, it's like almost like like a marriage. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, do you have any ones you would suggest? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, one of my favorite uh, duo recordings ever is... Um, uh, Charlie Hayden and Pat Metheny, and it's kind of a actually kind of a unique duo record in that they they do some multi-track uh, elements to it. So it's not it doesn't always sound like it's just a duo, but it is just the two of them playing, and that's a super great record. Also with with Charlie Hayden, who is one of my favorite bass players, and particularly one of my favorite bass players for a super small ensemble, like duo obviously being the smallest. Uh, he has a great record. With um, oh, what's the guy? The he always makes the, he always mumbles and 
makes crazy noise. Oh, Keith Jarrett? Keith Jarrett, thank you. Yeah, Keith Jarrett. <laughs> he played with, I mean, the two of them played together for ages and ages, and then they, they I think they might have actually made two records, but yeah. they re- recently, relatively recently, came out with a another duo record called, I think, Jasmine, maybe? Anyways, okay. go look it up. It's uh, um, Charlie Hayden and Keith Jarrett. Really good record. And um, then we're going to talk about a few more like Jim, Jim Hall, Ron Carter, and, and yeah, exactly. Jim Hall, Bill Evans. Yeah, Jim Hall and Bill Evans uh, might actually be my favorite duo record of all time. But Bill yeah. Evans, actually, Bill Evans has done a couple of... What is it, Intermodulation? Is that what it's called? There's a couple of them. There's a few of them. The, the uh, Undercurrent is Under, my favorite. Undercurrent, yeah, That's that one's a, that really good. That was the good. first one, and that was amazing. Um, Bill Evans actually has done a couple of duo records, though. He did one with Eddie Gomez that was ah. actually really... It's a really interesting record. It, now it's a kind of at a, a weird point in time, I guess, uh, stylistically, in that it's. I think it's all done on a a Rhodes or a or synthesizer or something. Oh, interesting. And Eddie, at that point, you know, sound, he's got that classic sort of twangy, twangy seventies yeah. sound. But it, the music is fantastic. I mean, it's a really great record. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, so vocals, um, a duo with vocalist, uh, Ella, Ella Fitzgerald and Joe Pass. That's a good one. Um, can't remember what the record's called, <laughs> but yeah, that one's good. It may just be called, uh, is it just called Ella? Ella and Pass, yeah, think, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, if you look it up, you'll find it. That's for sure. Um, oh, a good, good. Okay. Two piano players, Hank Jones and Tommy Flanagan. Uh, okay, drums and sax uh, is uh, Max Max Roach and Anthony Braxton. That one's that one I didn't actually know about until like actually just today. Um, it's it's definitely free avant garde, but interesting to listen to. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's a really really good one to check out. Uh, Clark Terry and Red Mitchell. I think the album's wow. called uh, Two Duke and Basie. That's that's a great one. That's yeah. a really good one. I'm gonna check that one out for yeah. sure. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And then, and then one one that I always really liked, and again, I think we were discussing this. We don't really know if it was a full record or not, but it, it's Don Bias and Slam Stewart. Yeah, um, I thought I heard that the story was something like it was supposed to be a gig with other the other band members, but then they got caught in a snowstorm and only they showed up, and so then they just ended up playing. A yeah. duo show or something? Yeah, I think that's what happened. There was a snowstorm, and the only two people that made it to the gig was uh, were uh, Don Bias and Slam Stewart. Yeah. And, I, yeah, we're, I'm not totally sure if it's a full album or if it's just a few tracks, but either way, check it out. It's just, amazing you'll, Just playing. Google it. Just You'll find it. You'll it's find it. Yeah, playing. That's good stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of other ones. I mean, if, if you know of other duo records, you should check out. If you're on the website... Uh, leave it in the comments below. We'd love to hear more duo records. I mean, you know, keep sharing the love here. Yeah, definitely. Leave your favorites. I mean, that, yeah, awesome. I think it's always interesting to hear more. Um, okay, so Wallace, you just came out with a YouTube channel, right? Yes. Tell yeah. us about this YouTube channel. Well, I'm pretty excited about it. Actually, I've been, as you know, I've been working on it for quite a, yeah. quite a while now. But it, it's basically the channel could be divided into three series. Um, so take note is a series that I'm doing that is honestly it's essentially a podcast like this uh-huh. but with a visual component to it so right. it's, you know it's, it's a video and what I, I've kind of been describing it as uh, tips on the music industry for musicians and for you know listeners yeah. you know just general for everybody basically yeah tips on the music business and music 
and I've been describing it as cartoonified learning. Yeah, because there's there's a cartoon in it, and yeah. it's it's really good. You guys have to check out these videos. Uh, the second series is uh, my bass lessons, such so as Wallace Stelzer's bass lessons, and uh, the first video that I have up is just sort of a basic, you know, talks about like sort of the the general fo- uh, roles that mm-hmm. the bass you know has in in music and then the third series on the on the cha- on the channel is um it's actually like a maybe my maybe my favorite series uh because I'm a huge nerd I love video games yeah. I love uh the music that you hear in in video games and uh it's it's a a project band I suppose that yeah. I've put together called the Jazz Vingers and uh what what we're going to be doing is uh covers of video game music, so yeah. there are arrangements uh, that I've written of different songs from you know old like classic uh, Nintendo songs and yeah. th- things like that, and uh, and just kind of other sort of nerdy yeah. <laughs> music, the uh, like anime, you know, television theme songs and stuff yeah. like that. Um, it's re- really good stuff. Uh, you guys got to check out this channel. So, what what's the channel? Where where can they look up? What what's yeah. the? So the channel is Wallace Stelzer Music. Wallace Stelzer Music. Yeah. So you can find it on YouTube uh, if you search Wallace Stelzer Music. Um, and we'll the, have the link for that in the show notes if yeah. you're on the website. Yeah, definitely check the link below. Uh, you can also find. So there are only a few episodes up right now. I have more scheduled to be released this month. So there'll be several more videos coming out really soon. Um, but yeah, you can find, if you search Take Note, Wallace Tells Your Music, Take Note, you can find that, and then uh, Wallace Tells Your Music, um, Bass Lessons. Yeah, You'll really find, good, guys. You gotta, you gotta check this out. Um, okay, Wallet man, thanks for coming over, talking about deals with me. Couldn't think of a better guy to talk about, so thanks for being on the show again, man. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. <laughs> All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks for listening in. And if you've got any comments to make, anything to add to today's talk, uh, feel free to leave us a comment on the comment section if you are on the website. And don't forget to check out Wallace Stelzer's YouTube channel. That's Wallace Stelzer Music. If you look it up there, it's definitely worth your time. And if you did get some value out of today's show, consider adding value back. Uh, You can leave us a one-time or monthly donation to keep supporting the production of this podcast uh, on the support button if you're on the website or at learnjazzstandards.com slash support. And we're going to be coming out with episode number 14 next week. We're looking forward to seeing you then. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.